Welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Success. Today, we have the brilliant Jen Murtaugh here. She is an award-winning C-suite executive with 20 years of experience working in both corporate and not-for-profit. She coaches female leaders to live and lead bravely so they can create meaningful impact and design a life they love without burning out in the process. Who here feels like they need to work with Jen? Definitely the bomb. She believes deeply in the limitless potential of her clients and nurtures that potential from them with compassion and accountability. And without further ado, let's welcome Jen. Ever wonder what success actually means? How do you get it? And how do you keep it? We all want it, yet sometimes it feels only some of us get to have it. Hi, Teresa and Blair here. We are two badass entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, coaches, and business mentors who have had success, felt success, questioned our own success, and reclaimed it. Let's be real for a hot minute. 2020 has been a roller coaster ride, and many of us have started to wonder if they'll lose the things that made them successful. So we got curious raw and real about what success is truly about. Can you put it in a box? How can you get it? Can people take it away or are you the one with the power? Does it mean the same to all of us or are we the ones that create it? From PGA golf pros to doctors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and spiritual mentors, we get together to meet with successful people from around the globe to dissect success for vibrant conversations and interviews. Make sure you click the subscribe button on the app store because each week we will drop a new episode to bust through the myths around success and dissect its true meaning. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Success. I'm so excited. We are here today with Jen. Jen, welcome. Hi, ladies. So good to be here with you this morning. Thank you so much for making time. You know, we've had so many incredible guests and I know you've had an incredible journey as well in the last particularly 12 months. And it's been a really wild ride for you. And I love what you do. But I'd like to start with the juicy question we always start, which is what does success mean to you? Yeah, such a great question. Uh, you know, I would say over the last few years, I believe I'd stepped into a new paradigm of success. So, you know, the old paradigm for me was really centered on the ways that success was portrayed to me in the media. And it kind of came by bank accounts and job titles and awards and achievements. And, you know, those measures of success, the bar kept moving and it really drained me. It was kind of like this anchoring into a never a paradigm around a never enough. And uh, my new measures of success are now really anchored into, is my family healthy? Am I healthy? Is my soul aligned with my work? Am I bettering the lives of others? Does it feel easy and expansive? And am I generating the kind of income I desire in order to facilitate the kind of connected life I want for my family? Am I connected to my needs? So, you know, those are a lot of very different questions than I ask myself when it comes to success. So it's really changed for me. 
I'm loving that so much. Thanks for sharing that, Jen. And I know last uh, week and now um, last week was probably a few weeks ago. Now in our episode, we spoke about overnight success and we spoke about success being a journey. And what I found really interesting about what you just shared as well is that it it almost shifted from this external measure to being more this internal measure. And that is something that's come out throughout these conversations Blair and I have had, and we've had with other guests as well, which is really interesting. Can you share one little golden nugget perhaps that helped you as you made this journey inward and found this new paradigm of success? Yeah, I think it's been in motion for years. And I think the catalyst for it probably was my divorce. Um, and like that required a lot of change, a lot of going inward, uh, a lot of recognizing how I had abandoned myself uh, for over a decade. And so that, and that's, you know, I, I divorced about six years ago. So it has been a really, you know, I remarried. Um, and so it's been a really ongoing journey, but I believe that that was really the catalyst. That was the thing that shook up my entire life that made me realize whoa, I need to come back to myself again. And I don't even know who that is. Um, and I've always been someone, you know, earlier on in life that those external things didn't actually do it for me. I was always very intrinsically motivated to help others. And so I recognized that I had abandoned myself in pursuit of that, which was not really aligned with who I truly was. So it was a time to really anchor back into my core values and to explore how I wanted to lead by those. How did you do that? How did you, you know, anchor yourself back in? What was that process like? Oh, it was a lot of struggle. <laughs> it was a lot of pain. Uh, it was a lot of suffering. Um, it was a lot of support. So ensuring that I had the right people along in that journey to help me. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it's, it was not a linear path. And I believe that transformation and change is not a linear path. So you can discover things about yourself and change a certain aspect of your life. And then there are setbacks, then there are other aspects of your life that haven't changed. And I believe that life will just keep serving you the same lessons over and over and over again. And I certainly needed that in order to finally realize, okay, I fixed this part. Now it's time to fix this part. So um, yeah, it, it just completely changed over time. And, and I think in the last year and coming into this coaching role myself, it's changed even more and we'll continue to do so, right? And that's the beautiful thing about life is that we're always expanding more deeply into who we are if we are intentional about it. That's so great. You know, I think that that's going to resonate with so many people as well. Just, you know, the journey going in, redefining like this ongoing process, this ongoing journey and you're taking it step by step. And I loved something you just mentioned as well, that the lessons we need to learn keep reappearing over and over. Do you have one particular lesson that you could even point out that uh, you could maybe share with us and, and our listeners? Yeah, well, burnout. <laughs> I mean, I think my first experience with burnout was in my 20s, and yet by age 40, I was still measuring so much of my worth by what I did and not who I was. Uh, and even though I went through a lot of change 
personally, that didn't spill over as much as it needed to uh, in my leadership. And so the lesson I kept learning was uh, your worth is, doesn't, is not equal to your productivity. And it really took, you know, my last job. And I think because I worked in, I was working in women's health for just over two years and I saw the research. I was like, whoa, what is going on for women globally? Like this is nuts. There is 75 to 90% of autoimmune diseases diagnosed in women, which emerging research will show has a direct correlation to chronic stress. And I just thought, I don't want to end up like another statistic. And I don't know, like, if I can just get another job, like, I don't think that's actually the problem. So I started to take responsibility for how I was co-creating that scenario in my life for two decades and decided to make a very intentional change. Uh, so that was the lesson that kept being served to me. And I feel like I finally heard the call and I listened and I'm leading my life in a very different way. I'm um, similarly to, I know the both of you also have learned that lesson, having um, experience with burnout as well. Maybe we should talk about burnout for a bit, Jen. So first of all, thank you for sharing your journey. For, but there's probably people out there who are currently burning out or burnt out and they don't even know. What were some mm -hmm. things that were happening to you while you were going through the burnout? And was it different in your 20s than a couple of years ago or when you yeah. just made that shift? Like, let's talk about that, because I think a lot of people just chalk up what's happening to stress or life. And really, it's burnout. Mm -hmm. One of probably the best thing I ever learned was when I, I went through like a lot of counseling and support. Uh, in my late 20s, I started to get I started to get debilitating panic attacks and that was from prolonged anxiety that I just ignored for a really long time until my body decided to really shut down on me. And my counselor explained it like this. She was like, Jen, I want you to treat anxiety as your friend. We're going to call her Annie Anxiety. And you guys are walking along the path together. And Annie kind of pokes you in the ribs. And you're like, Annie, hey, not right now. Okay, too much going on. Like, just leave me alone. And then you're walking along some more and she starts yelling at you and you still don't listen to her. You're like, hey, Annie, no, it's not like not right now until she has to get a drum out and like bang it in your ear. So anxiety is like a friend. It allows you, it pokes you in the ribs for a reason. It's telling you this path you're on is not going to end well. So what do I need to do? right now in order to be able to manage my stress or integrate a more expanded version of self-care. Cause for me, for a long time, self-care meant like going for a bath or a pedicure, like maybe once a month. <laughs> I, I mean, I used to bathe more, <laughs> I used to shower, but like I had this very dim view of what self-care looked like and I didn't ask for help. And so, um, you know, I had no boundaries. And so I worked all the time because that's where I access my worth. I said yes to everything because that's what filled me up and made me feel good. And so it did change. Um, but some of the big key signs, I didn't experience panic attacks after I was able to make my way through them, but I would get generalized anxiety all the time. So I would get dizzy. I would forget stuff all the time. I would always be racing. Signs for me um, when I was teetering on burnout were crying a lot. So a lot of emotional outbreaks, um, a lot of kind of apathy, um, a lot like just totally non-presence. Like I don't even know how my kids, I don't even know what kind of a mother I was. I was just not 
like I was vacant so much of the time because I was just always consumed with work. And the expectations were that you are, you know, you were always available as well. And so I think it was, I'm, I'm very mindful now of, you know, my anxiety levels, if there are emotional outbursts, being able to check in with myself, like I was just 99.9% in the doing all the time and never in my being. Like it would never even have occurred to me to wake up in the morning, put my hand on my heart and say, how do you feel today, Jen? What do you need? How do you want to show up? What's going on for you right now? Like that was so far from my purview. And so I was really anchored into my masculine power um, and completely severed from my feminine power. And so that was a huge lesson to learn. Um, and so, yeah, I know, I know women are holding a lot right now. So even if you just take time every morning to just before you grab your phone, like check in with yourself, how do I feel right now? What do I need today? How can I honor that need? Like that, that even can change things. Thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable. I mean, we've known each other for for a little while through different journeys, and I relate so much to what you shared and this journey of burnout and and always being in the doing. And I still see that so much. And, you know, I see all the women holding all the doing and a beautiful thing I read just the other day was from Melanie and Leah. And it was a quote or perhaps it was something she said. It was we are human beings, not human doings. <laughs> and when you shared that, I was like, yeah, you know, it's so important that we we find a way to manage and balance the being and the doing so that there's space for both of it in our life. It's not one or the other. It gets to coexist. And I think that's so powerful. So I love that you shared that, Jen. Yeah. And it is a, it's a struggle for women. And I understand why. And I can completely appreciate why. But one question I ask a lot of my clients is, how do you value yourself? What do you value most about yourself? And I can tell you the majority, 99.9% of my clients don't know how to answer that question. So we try and find ways like, how are you showing up to value yourself today beyond being a mother, beyond what you do for work? Um, and, you know, I wish I would have had that support <laughs> when I was feeling that burnout. I didn't get that aha moment, that insight till it was, you know, I'd, I, I was already done. I'd, I quit my job. <laughs> What, what's ask you that question? Like, what, what do you value about you? Yeah, well, I value that I am like a compassionate, caring, soul-centered uh, human. I value that I have deep loyalty um, and uh, for my friendships. I value that I am like a heart-centered leader. I value... Um, I value myself, I do value myself as a mother, but you know, beyond that, I value all the gifts that I've been blessed with. Um, and I just value myself because of the mere fact that I'm here. There's nothing that I need to do, anything further I need to prove in order to feel worthy of being here. And I often think about when my, when I was born and my mother looked at me and, you know, held me in her arms and, and loved me. It's not, like, I didn't need to do anything to earn that love. 
you know, she didn't love me anymore. When I started walking, she didn't love me anymore. When I started feeding myself, she just loved me unconditionally because I was, you know, I existed. And so we need to extend that same thought back to ourselves. There's nothing that we need to do or need to prove in order to be worthy of being loved. And most importantly, that love for ourselves, because the thing that transformed my life is self-compassion, the ability to love myself fiercely through my mistakes and my failures and the moments where I was the most unsuccessful is what has brought me here today. And life will respond to you based on where you are in that journey. So powerful. I, I feel like for anyone listening, we listen to just what Jen said, the last 30 seconds again and again, especially if you're struggling to love yourself, if you're struggling with self-worth and having struggled with that myself. And uh, I think, you know, as, as often I found that when we are portrayed as successful women, often people don't see that. And just this message that always rings out to me is you're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're not in this alone. There's so many of us who've gone through this. Some of us have taken on the lessons and we've started to listen and be like, oh, hang on. Yes, this isn't working for me anymore. There must be a better way. But I know that there's still so many women out there and also men who are tremendously struggling with this. And one thing I would like to do to shift this conversation a little bit, Jen, is um, talking a bit about where you're at now, because I know that you know you're incredibly successful coach you're brilliant you also are already at a stage where you're having a wait list and you're doing so many incredible things and at the same time you're a big connector and collaborator and you're supporting women around you heavily and I see that and you do that for myself as well so thank you so much shouting this out to you but what do you do now to make sure that the success that you have now in your career having a thriving coaching practice doesn't pull you back into that doing piece because I feel like that might be a good um, nugget for our listeners as well. Yeah, I think it starts with just like having really strong intentions. So I started, I was really clear on what I wanted to say yes to this year and that it needed to feel, it needed to feel like a vibrational match. And I also started a hell no list, like all the things that I am, am, you know, I'm leaving behind just for this year, you know? And so I wouldn't say I have this big, you know, five year, three year career path because I think on life, life unfolds sometimes in ways that are unexpected, but I really have a guiding principle around how do I want to feel in my work? What am I going to do? Uh, if I, if I'm getting out of alignment with that, how am I going to notice if I'm getting out of alignment what am I absolutely saying hell no to this year? Um, and so for me, that's just, um, it's more like an intention. So my really strong intention this year was around consciousness. And so it was about consciousness and what I say yes to. It needs to feel like really soul aligned. It needs to be an absolute hell yes. And if it's not, it's a no. It's a, I don't have time for it right now. Um, consciousness about what kind of clients I want to work with consciousness about how I want to expand my impact, 
consciousness about what I even want to put in my body, how I want to move my body. Um, so I feel like I'm coming into this place in my business uh, this year, just around deeper soul alignment. And that is really about what do I feel are my gifts? You know, what's my experience? What are my strengths? But most importantly, what are my gifts? And how do I use those to make an impact? And I think energetically, a lot of people feel whether they're working in their deep gifts, which I like to call, you know, and what a lot, what, what's been coined as zone of genius. And when you're in this other zone, which is your zone of excellence, which is work that, you know, you have a really demonstrated track record of success in, but it doesn't necessarily really light you up or fill you up. It's just, you're kind of going through the motions a little bit. And I was doing that for a really long time as well. Cause most of the times people will hire you for things that you have a proven track record in. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it, it, it doesn't like, I don't have a really tight business plan for this year. Um, it's more about just like really waking up and being consciously aligned more with the feeling on how I want to use my gifts to impact others and expand. Wow. Your zone of excellence versus your zone of genius. <laughs> like that is like, I love that so much also because I find a lot of us find success, as you said, in our zone of excellence. And it's really difficult, or I have found it very difficult to move away from my zone of excellence and into my zone of genius, which was sort of this move from letting go of a, of a career in hotels and moving into coaching. And one of the things that you always talk about, Jen, that I just wanted to touch on before we sort of starting to wrap up this session is you talk about these tiny acts of bravery all the time. So what are some tiny acts of bravery that maybe have helped you move from your zone of excellence to your zone of genius? Oh, great question. Um, well, it's saying yes to things that scare me. <laughs> uh, and so an example of that, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I got asked by, you know, a very senior leader at Aritzia, one of my favorite brands, you know, would I come and facilitate a workshop for 40 of their team? And I was really excited about it. And I immediately said, yes. But if I look at my if I look zone of excellence, like I haven't done a ton of facilitation, you know, I've done some speaking, but I actually believe that's an area of genius for me. I haven't, I feel a calling to it. I feel a yearning for it, but I don't actually have a ton of experience in it yet. And so I said, yes. And then by the time I put the phone down, <laughs> I started to worry and figure out, oh no, how am I going to get out of this? <laughs> That's the first quite, that's the first thing that came into my mind was, oh gosh, am I ready? Do I, do I have enough experience? And all the inner critic messages just really came in. And so that's what happens with our zone of genius, I think, because you feel a calling, you feel a yearning, you feel an alignment, but you're like, I haven't done a ton of this. And anyways, I did it last Friday and the feedback I received was like just incredibly heartening. Um, it was 
it was such positive feedback. Uh, I was told it was one of the best Zoom facilitator sessions the team has ever done. And they were blown away by it. Like so many of the team were very engaged and, and they want to now do a follow-up as a result of it. And so, you know, that was, so it's like, and one of my favorite books is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks a lot about this difference between your zone of excellence and zone of genius. So how do you make the leap? How do you start working more in your zone of genius? And what skills might you need to cultivate in order to feel more competent and confident in that area? <clears throat> but sometimes it's just that, you know, Teresa Blair, it's those tiny acts of bravery. It's this feels scary. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to stretch just a little bit. I love uh, it. I'm yeah. picturing you in a superhero, a super shiro cape. <laughs> <laughs> being brave on the top of the mountain with your hair blowing in the wind, your beautiful curls <laughs> blowing in the wind. Well, it doesn't often look like that. Actually, it usually looks like crying on the couch. <laughs> what am I saying yes to? Um, and but here's the thing, you know, I think that people have this notion, like a lot of women have this notions that you, that you have to feel this confidence first before you uh, stretch yourself. But that's not where confidence comes from. Confidence comes from stretching yourself and then how you feel after. It's just taking the tiny step of bravery, realizing that it wasn't as hard as you thought it was going to be. And then that actually gives you a little boost. And then you start stretching a little bit more and a little bit more. So it, you don't have to dive into the water. You're allowed to just like dip your feet in and be like, okay, I'm just going to do this one small thing in pursuit of a vision. That is brilliant. One of the things I keep reminding myself um, on a daily basis is always this, we go first, no matter what, like I go first, no matter what. And it feels scary to live like that, but the more we do it, the less scary it gets, right? So it's like this muscle we are training. Oh my God. So, so good, Jen. You've shared so many incredible things with us today as well. So wrapping this up with uh, just one more thing that I'd love you for you to share, which is what's a piece of advice that you would give people that are on their path to success? If it was just one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I think it would be just to what we sort of talked about earlier is move your outward fixation to an inward fixation, you know, understanding and getting clear on what does success truly mean to you, you know, regardless of what is being portrayed to you in the media, what's most important to you right now and being able to build a life around that, um, and not this, outward fixation of what it means, what we think it means to everybody else, because there's obviously a lot of personal stories that would show that um, when you get to that top of that first mountain, you're going to think, oh, I've made it. And then it's not going to feel so great. And so that second mountain might be about more true alignment to what success actually means to you, what's most important to you. So I would encourage people to consider that. That's amazing. What does success mean to you? That's why we're here on Dissecting Success. Thank you so much, Jen, for being our guest today. I, our listeners are going to absolutely love this. You shared so much. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. I'm going to go put my hand on my heart and ask myself some <laughs> questions. I, I really like that. That's a beautiful way to start the day and tapping into our feminine power. 
I like that, mm-hmm. Jen. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom nuggets. All right. Thanks, ladies. That's a wrap for another episode of Dissecting Success. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe to Blair Kaplan Venables and Teresa Lambert's podcast, Dissecting Success on the App Store. And follow us on Instagram at Teresa Lambert Coaching and Blair from Blairland to stay up to date on our latest episodes, badass offers, and more. 